Tech Fighter Worldwide. It's the High Tech Podcast in plain English with an hour's worth of news in about 20 minutes. That's because we leave out the commercials, the station breaks, the sports, and most of the jingles. Podcast number 554 for the 6th of August, 2017. This week, if you use your scanner more than a few times a week, the application that the manufacturer provided is probably disappointing you. There's a better way. The University of Waterloo in Canada is working on research that people may eventually find on their phones to improve selfie photos. In short circuits, the end is near for Adobe Flash. Please hold your applause until 2020. Microsoft has hiked the amount it's willing to pay for information about serious bugs in its software. Expect the latest update for Windows 10 this fall, so we'll take a quick look at some of the features that are coming. And in spare parts, only on the website, it looks like some of the top security firms in the computer industry have more than a little work to do on their own security. A quick look at my older daughter's progress following the medical event that resulted in cancellation of the mid-May TechBiter program. And Anchor Free says that it has an application that can be used to protect users if the Federal Communications Commission kills net neutrality. Scanners used to be expensive and few people had them. Now, anyone who has a printer probably also has a scanner because nearly every printer is now a multifunction device that can scan documents, copy documents, and even perform as a fax machine. Fax, you remember that. Your multifunction device undoubtedly came with software that controls the scanner, but the results will be considerably better if you use a separate application called ViewScan. Ed Hamrick wrote the application, and he issues updates several times a year. Actually, it's more like every few weeks. Around here, I have three scanners. There's the Canon MF216N. It's a printer, scanner, copier, fax machine. And then there's an Epson Perfection Photo 3200. And finally, a Plustech film scanner. The Epson came with scanner software, but there is no version that will run under Windows 10. The Plustech scanner came with Silverfast, which I consider to be overly complicated, and which needs a separate version for each scanner, so it won't work with the other two scanners. The Canon scanner came with its own proprietary software, but on my computer it can't see the scanner. That's right. It's a Canon multifunction device. The software came with it, but it can't see the scanner. If I visit the settings panel in the Canon software, the scanner is shown, so the application can see the scanner, sort of, but says that it's turned off or not connected. It is, in fact, turned on and connected. ViewScan sees and can operate all three scanners. The application can control more than 3,000 scanners, often even if there are no drivers for the current operating system, and it's available for Windows, Mac OS, and Linux. Two options exist for purchasing ViewScan, $40 or $100. Sometimes you'll get a $10 discount. The versions are the same, except that the lower-priced version provides updates for just one year, and it doesn't support film scanners. It also deactivates the program's advanced features. Choose the higher-priced option, and updates are included forever. Film scanning is included, and the advanced features are enabled. 
The professional version also offers optical character recognition. That can be important. I purchased the standard edition initially and then later upgraded to the professional edition by paying the difference in price between the two. And Hamrick has an uncommonly liberal policy for how ViewScan may be installed. You may use ViewScan on up to four different computers that you personally use, he says, with any combination of operating systems, with any number of scanners, both 32 and 64-bit systems, with a single license. ViewScan is probably something that venture capitalists wouldn't want to bet on for one big reason. Every scanner comes with its own software, so why would somebody want to buy third-party software? Well, the answer is easy. ViewScan works a lot better than the software that came with your scanner, even if the software still works with your current hardware and operating system. Hamrick says he had always been interested in photography, and when he purchased an HP PhotoSmart film scanner in 1997, he was so disappointed by the software that came with it that he wrote his own program. And then he bought a Nikon LS30, reworked the program, which he called ViewSmart at that time, so that it would support multiple scanners, and then he renamed it ViewScan. When it comes to competitors, there's really only one, and that's the very expensive Silverfast that I mentioned earlier. Silverfast requires the manufacturer's driver so it wouldn't work for me, even though I own a copy of it for the Epson Perfection 3200 photo scanner. If I buy another scanner, I would need to buy another copy of Silverfast designed for that scanner. Or I could just use the existing copy of ViewScan. Easy decision. The ViewScan interface is, well, shall we say Spartan. It's the kind of interface an engineer would love. If you buy ViewScan, I recommend also obtaining a copy of the ViewScan Bible by Sasha Steinhoff. Unfortunately, it seems to be out of print and available only for $70 or more as a physical book. Amazon, however, has a Kindle version for just $16. Now, I have the print version, but I also bought the Kindle version so that it's always available right there on my computer. I don't have to go looking for it. So the bottom line for ViewScan, five cats. It's the perfect choice for any scanner. No matter who manufactured the scanner that's attached to your computer or what you want to scan, ViewScan is the right choice. It supports every scanner imaginable and offers features that the scanner manufacturer's software doesn't. You'll find additional details on the ViewScan website. There's a link from the TechBiter Worldwide website. Computer scientists at the University of Waterloo in Canada have developed a technology that someday might power a smartphone app to help users learn the art of taking great selfies. I'll come back to that in a moment, but first let's consider the history of the University of Waterloo. Its importance in the history of computing is significant. Waterloo developed Watt 4, Watt 5, and Watt Ball, and anybody who learned anything about computer programming between about the mid-1960s and the 1980s will probably be familiar with those. The first was Watt 4 in 1965. The name comes from Waterloo Fortran. Fortran is a language designed for scientific calculations, and the name is short for Formula Translator. 
Watt for was intended for use in education because it could compile and run programs in a single step. The reasoning was that programs written by undergraduate students would need to be run several times during development, but they wouldn't be used again once the assignment was complete. Although the compile process does make running programs slower, it provided better error messages and required fewer steps by the student. Both Wattball and Watt 5 followed in the late 1960s. Wattball is Waterloo COBOL, and COBOL is the common business-oriented language. Watt 5 stood for Waterloo Fortran 4. Let me explain that. Watt 5 was W-A-T-F-I-V. The I-V in that case stands for the Roman numeral 4. So Watt 5 is really about Fortran 4. Gets confusing. That all followed in the late 1960s. So Waterloo University has a position of importance in the history of data processing. Now, fast forward to today. Selfies? You might be inclined to judge a university that was key to the development of data processing for stooping to selfies. But don't. The application provides feedback to the user about where to position the camera to get the best possible shot. Waterloo computer science professor Dan Vogel says selfies are important. They have become a normal way for people to express themselves and their experiences, he says. But, he says, not all selfies are created equal. Unlike other apps that enhance a photo after you take it, he says, this system teaches the user how to take better pictures. You'll see a little video from the University of Waterloo on the TechBiter Worldwide website this week. It explains how their research was conducted. In developing the algorithm, Vogel and Kifan Lee, a former master's student at Waterloo, created hundreds of virtual selfies to explore different composition principles such as lighting direction, face position, and face size. Then they had thousands of people vote on which of the virtual self photos was better and mathematically modeled the patterns to develop an algorithm that can guide people to take the best picture. When real people used the app in conjunction with the phone's built-in camera app, the pictures showed significant improvement. Vogel says this is just the beginning. We can expand variables to include aspects such as hairstyle, types of smiles, or even the outfit you wear. The only problem is you can't download this and install it, at least not yet. Waterloo's Director of Media Operations, Matthew Grant, says that it's still a research project, and it's unknown whether there will be any attempt to release it commercially. But we can probably be sure that somebody, somewhere, will use that research to create such an app. So stay tuned. In short circuits, as of 2020, Adobe will discontinue Flash. Useful for animations in a time before touch-enabled devices rendered it difficult to use, Flash has also had more than its share of security problems. Chrome, Edge, which is Microsoft's replacement for Internet Explorer, and Apple's Safari already block Flash. Just about everything that Flash could do has been replaced by HTML5 functionality, and that functionality is supported by all modern browsers. So eliminating Flash won't have much of an effect for most of us, but it will affect some companies that baked Flash into their website user interfaces. They will now have about three years to unbake those websites and remove Flash.
Mozilla says that Firefox will continue to support Flash until Adobe discontinues it at the end of 2020. In addition to eliminating a significant security threat, eliminating Flash will also have a positive effect on battery-operated computers. Are you the kind of person who likes to poke around in operating systems or applications to look for security flaws? If so, Microsoft has a deal for you, or maybe it doesn't. Here's the deal. If you find a security flaw and tell Microsoft about it, you could receive as much as $15,000 for it. Now, as good as that sounds, after all, 15 grand isn't exactly chump change, the free market might have an even better deal, and people who look for security flaws in order to sell them to crooks know this. Find a way to bypass security and make it possible to run arbitrary code on some poor, unfortunate victim's computer, and you could make hundreds of thousands of dollars. Microsoft has taken note of the disparity and has now adjusted the bounty for certain kinds of bugs. The situation I just described, for example, if you can show Microsoft a way to exploit a software flaw and take over a computer, you could earn a quarter of a million dollars from Microsoft. It won't be easy money, though, finding flaws like that. It takes more than just a casual stroll through the software. Microsoft will release a Windows 10 update this fall, and the company says the Windows 10 Fall Creators Update will have innovative features to further empower your creativity. I've been running Insider Preview versions on the notebook for a while, so I can see slightly into the future. If you're in the Windows Insider Fast Ring, Preview Build 16.257 was released this week, as was Mobile Insider Preview Build 15.237. Those in the slow ring will receive those versions later. The slow ring is safer if you need to use the computer regularly, and primary production computers should not participate in the Insider program at all. An eye control component is currently in beta test. It requires some special hardware that would allow the user to control the mouse and on-screen keyboard by looking at the screen. This will be useful for those who have limited or no use of their hands. For all users, security gets a boost in the fall update with enhancements to the Windows Defender Application Guard. The Windows Defender Application Guard will display additional information when the computer is starting up and when it's being resumed from a paused state. Microsoft's Rob Leffert says the goal is to ensure computer safety as the security threat landscape continues to grow increasingly more sophisticated and adversaries are more successful at impacting the bottom line. One of the most common targets for attackers is the browser, and the Windows Defender Application Guard is expected to block many of those exploits, and if a machine is infected, to keep it from spreading the infection via the network. Allow me to spread spare parts, though, only on the website. This week, 
It looks like some of the top security firms in the computer industry have more than a little work to do on their own security. We'll take a quick look at my older daughter's progress following the medical event that resulted in cancellation of the mid-May TechBiter program. And Anchor Free says that it has an application that could be used to protect users if the Federal Communications Commission kills net neutrality. Thanks for listening to TechBiter Worldwide, the podcast with an hour's worth of technology news in about 20 minutes. I'm Bill Blinn. Be sure to check out the website, www.techbiter.com. And if you like, send me an email from there. See you next week.